0: This is Reboot Your Biblical Perspective, coming to you live and direct from the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, and the Twin Island Republic, where we have white sands and blue waters. And the hot okay. sun. And hot sun <laughs> right now. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: This is this is rebooting biblical perspective. And on this podcast we are actually going through the book of John. And one of the what is what is unique about this podcast is that we relate the we do not read the New Testament or anything in the New Testament independently. We actually relate it to its Old Testament to give it its objective perspective and an objective context so that you can walk the scriptures and experience the scriptures, experience Christ in you. Alright, I am Zane, your host Zane, as you all know, Zane El Fuego, the Christ pneumatologist, and co-hosting with me, as per usual, is the lovely...
1: Katura, my name is Katura Bartholomew, you guys would also um here or see me in the as we are coming to you from the k or ZKI which is in Ketura International authors and master coaches of pneumatology.
0: Indeed, in, indeed. All right. so today in particular we we are we are still in John chapter one, of course, and between verses 14 to 18. But today we shall narrate it to verse 17 and verse 18. Alright, Keturah, you want to read those two verses for us, please?
1: Sure. We are reading from the Amplified Version. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God, and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God, His essence, His divine nature at any time the one and only begotten God, that is, the unique Son, who is in the intimate presence of the Father. He has explained Him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the Father. You know what stands out to me here? Where it says, No one... Well, actually, before I go to that, because before I read that part, it says, For the law is given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth, came through Jesus Christ.
0: Boom. So what, what exactly does that mean?
1: Well, let's hear it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So when we read this um, very, very commonly within the in the Western church arena, what we have is it's commonly taken from the perspective that, you know, the law was given and then we have grace, which is unmerited favor right and that is just one context but there are actually many contexts that are overlapped in that one verse
1: what do you mean by that
0: i what i mean by that is the the in the in the in the in the in the the culture and the spirit of the scriptures one of the things that we don't see is the literary constructs of the hebrew and the greek respectively now, even though this is actually written, this was actually translated from Greek in the New Testament, for those of you who are actually listening to this, one of the things you may not know is that even though it is translated from Greek, the way the authors have have actually, um, the way it's written or how the authors communicate matches identically the construct of the Old Testament, the construct of the Hebrew.
1: Right.
0: right which which it is my opinion, and this is just an opinion here, yeah? This is my, it is my opinion, is very likely that, that the New Testament, prior to being written in Greek, was actually written in Hebrew. Either that, or the persons who were actually writing this in Greek, they wrote it verbatim, to try to reflect what these guys were actually saying. But I really think that the first one is most likely. I've came
1: a personal of, it, information on that too Uh uh-huh yeah the first one
0: okay so the, the the first one i think is most likely because the same this is even though this is greek the same couplets that we see in the old testament the same couplets we see in the new testament the same poet poetic construct that we have in the old testament the same poetic construct that we see reflected in the new testament letters so so In the spirit of the scriptures, what we have is that sometimes things are actually written in the scriptures, poetically, and it's not reflected in the English because it's very difficult to rhyme the same words from one language in another.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because when it's translated, the words that are translated may not be the same um, at the front words and the words may may rhyme in in the source language but not in the target language. The source language is the language that you... Are translating from and the target language is the language that you're translating it into, right? So we don't get the benefit of the poetic structure and things like that. So sometimes these things are written in a way where there are many false states, but only if you understand Hebrew would you really understand that. So let's explore one or two, a few of the folds that is in this verse. For out of his, sorry, for, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the first one that we wanna just Acknowledge is the one that means that the law was given through Moses, which uh-huh. is the law was given to Moses, and then grace, which is unmerited favor, where you don't have to follow law, has come through um, com- has come through Jesus Christ, right? Grace and truth right. came through Jesus Christ. That is very commonly known, and it is from that these verses like that that the hyper grace movement was actually born. Not that I am. Not, not, not in any form or fashion validating the, hyper, the hyper-grace movement, but these are some of the verses that they have taken and they have I know, run with right. that, that actually validates their claim that is no grace, there's no more law. So that's one. The second context, which is not very commonly known, second fold in the context here, uh, the second fold in the context here would be Um, notice it says the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Right? Now, if you read 1 Corinthians 10, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul made mention of the fact that when Israel walked to the Red Sea, they were baptized unto Moses. Right? Right? Which means if they're baptized into Moses... Then Moses is the figure that they look up to as a as the prototype of what they should be.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Right. So all Old Testament prophets learn how to be a prophet from understanding the Torah and understanding how Moses operated.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Right. And so that's
1: why it's always mentioned with mm-hmm. such significance
0: yes so if they baptize into the moses then moses becomes the prototype or the figure that they look up to and they and they they um imitate it regards to following the law right so all the prophets did it um the kings would always refer to moses and then even the pharisees when they speak in the moses they, was, they refer to moses Moses said this and Moses did that because mm-hmm. Moses is the one that they actually taken pattern from to walk on the law. And then it says, but, which means if you understand that the first statement is the people were baptized into Moses and Moses was the pattern that they taken the person that they're taking the pattern from, then, um, the but there means the opposite here now is now you're baptized into Jesus, and Jesus is the person, is the new person that you're taking pattern from.
1: Wow, so much of that in that one line. <laughs> <laughs> I was anxious. Still, I was looking at this. I'm like, okay, where are we going to get these three things from? Because I mean, yeah. it just looks like it's just one sentence, right?
0: Right. It, it, okay. it, just, it looks just Some like, one like one that. One. But I said there are many folds that are one statement there, but that most people don't understand. So, so then what it says now is that Jesus is now indicating that Jesus is the one that you're taking pattern from, and whatever Jesus demonstrates, grace and truth, that is now your new blueprint, your mm-hmm. new way of living. And he is the one that actually demonstrates that blueprint lie in a life, in um in life.
1: So he's the
0: new prototype that you're taking this pattern from and this blueprint from. So that is okay. Cont- that's context number two.
1: Okay, so what's in the world is number three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. context context number three now would be um it says for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So now we narrowing, we are narrowing in here. There's another antonym being demonstrated here, but let's narrow in on grace and truth. That is couplet, right? Uh-huh. Grace and truth. Now, we know truth to be, if, if you if you are listening to the previous episodes, you know that we made mention of truth being the perspective of the tree of life, okay. which which is what God says. All right, so truth would be God's perspective and God's perspective alone, which is the tree of life. Um, grace, in this particular context, if you. If you do some Old Testament research, you will realize that grace is also um, grace is also used as a parallel for integrity. Right, so when um, so you see somebody has actually that man has that person has that person has grace, you see you can see the grace on that person what you're saying is that you can see the integrity on that person
1: ah okay yeah it now makes sense
0: right so what is, what is actually showing here is that integrity and truth are couplets and integrity is the truth and yes. the truth is integrity okay right so there's a couplet there which means let's know so that's the couplet in those two in those two words which means that that is an opposite to the first statement for the law was given through Moses. So if if integrity and truth came to Jesus Christ, then what the, what John is 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 implying here that the law was given because of a lack of integrity.
1: Mm, okay, you know you could write a whole essay on this one, <laughs> <laughs> on this one verse with it's packed with so much.
0: Yeah. So. The law was given the law is given reactively. All law is given reactively, even in the scriptures. The law does right. not come about unless there is a problem. So, right. when,
1: until somebody kills somebody, then there's a law that says you shouldn't do this or that or whatever.
0: Right. So, prior to law, as Paul put it in, in the book of Galatians, in, in his letter to the Galatians, or on the book of Galatians, as we know it, um, the law was, sorry, in Romans and Galatians. But what, what, but what he mentioned in Romans is that the law was given, Romans and Galatians yeah, he, he mentioned that the law was given not to make men righteous, but actually, the, when the law was given, even though the law is holy, because of the nature of the man, of men, uh-huh. because of the nature, the law actually stood their nature. So it actually stood their sin and revealed the desire to be saved. Meaning the desire to, be, to actually have someone to come and help them because... The man cannot decree; the, the creation cannot change its own nature. Only the ah, creator can.
1: So it reveal it revealed to them how flawed and right they and in- keep well, I wouldn't say incapable, but how um their guilt then.
0: Right, right. So it reveal it revealed to them the flaw, the flaws in that context, and it revealed that they needed help because you cannot change your own nature you can change your mind but you can't change your nature they created the person who created it is the only person that could fix that right so the law was given through moses it came in reactively because of the nature and the nature was a lack of integrity and the law was given to control the lack of integrity but integrity and truth came through jesus christ which now so that's, that's number three, which is in, there's a lack of integrity under Moses and the law was given to control it. Mm-hmm. In Jesus Christ, integrity is now restored. And what God's integrity is restored and what God says, and integrity to what God says is now restored for those who use Jesus as the blueprint. And so they are... They are a replica of Jesus.
1: So it's like they are now made his integrity. So, not like the law where they had to work to try and meet the requirements to prove themselves. Right. Jesus is grace, He's integrity, He is truth. And by identification with Him, it means that we are what He is.
0: Exactly. So now everybody who looks to Jesus becomes a Christ Jesus. Right? Gotcha. But in, when He went up on the cross, he actually made it a reality for everybody. Everybody's a Christ Jesus. So, because he, he it, was, it was something that affected the species. So, which brings me to, I'll give you a bonus number four.
1: What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Let's hear this. And the bonus on our, number four of that verse is that the law was given through Moses, and if integrity, if the lack of integrity was a the problem, then Indirectly, what verse 17 is saying is that uh, through Moses, there was a nature of a lack of integrity. Through Jesus Christ, there is a nature of truth and integrity. So now there is a new nature. Okay. A new spirit, a new nature that everyone is given. So there's four fools that give you
1: there.
0: Wow. All related to the scripture.
1: Way more than I was expecting.
0: (laughs) Right? And, and I'll give you an extra bonus.
1: <laughs> Another one.
0: Another one. Five. Five. This is I number five. Feel like five. I, read in, I'll I stop, Feel like I'll read stop, I will stop, stop at number five.
1: <laughs> Way make me feel like I read any Bible wrong here, boy, because I'm watching this like still watching it as like for the law was given through Moses. Okay, got that.
0: Alright, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, I'll give you number five. In the context of the Genesis narrative, the law was given. And if you read paul's letters it says that the law was given to adam and and before the law was given death reigned freely from adam to moses then the law mm-hmm. was given then the law was given yeah um now if you read romans 5 5 paul takes his time to explain very very detailed d- d- detailedly that adam was the prototype and everybody that came after Adam did not do anything wrong. They did not disobey anything. He said so one they're... man sinned.
1: Right, right. So all.
0: One man went against his nature and the, the, the first man is the, is the prototype. And if you're following scriptures, it, in scriptures it actually shows that the, whatever that, that um, we reproduce, Adam reproduce it in, um, in his image and likeness. Uh-huh. Which means his heart was reproduced in his offspring. Well, what does that mean? It means that whatever Adam's heart was, whatever he, whatever um, he did in his life, the memory of what he did, and the um the yeah the memory of what he did is passed on to his descendants as their nature. It's like spiritual memory being passed down. Okay. And, and so they naturally, uh, 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 they're not, they're, they, the descendants will naturally feel the impulse to do what their father did because it's right. spiritual memory being passed down. You're reproducing your image and your likeness. Okay. Right? Uh, scientifically, they call that genes, but they don't really understand the energetic aspect of that, which is the spiritual memory. Right.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense as you put it that way.
0: Right, so Adam did that, and if you look through the entire Bible, you see everybody repeating Adam and Eve in the garden. But that's a that's a topic for the front,
1: <laughs>
0: for the front time, right? So so Adam did that, and everybody inherited that. Then Paul makes mention of the fact he said if one man through one man death came into the world, through another man life came into the world basically that's what he's saying
1: so he's saying that there's a new nature
0: right so what he's saying now what he's what john is actually now referring to here is that the law was given through moses to the old race and through jesus christ there is a new race and the new race has a perfect nature and so right. that's and that's the gospel message, going to go and tell everybody, you have been reconciled. But most people don't even know the Adamic part. They don't speak about it. The Western church does not know about it. They don't speak about it. They have no idea about it. And so now everybody, since Jesus, he reconciled every world, everybody, the entire world, through his body on the cross. And now all of the apostles go out to the Gentiles to tell them about the mystery that has been hidden, Christ in you. He didn't, so he, didn't tell them, new... he didn't tell them accept Jesus as we in the Western world tell them, accept Jesus to receive Christ in them. His message is Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Change your mind and stop being enemies with God in your mind.
1: You know when you put it like that, right? As it is. It's coming across a bit less hostile to unbelievers. Like, um, So when I was back in my religious days, Mm. we used to go and do door-to-door evangelism. And I've noticed that trying to tell someone to accept something indirectly says that what you are doing is wrong. Yes. And people won't readily accept that unless they're probably experiencing some kind of suffering and they're looking for an exit. Otherwise, it's going to be an insult to them. I can True. see now why it's a lot easier to see Christ is in you, because you're just bringing an awareness of who they are. So without telling them that, well, you were this or now you are that, they're, um, they are going to be a lot more receptive to hearing yeah. that than to hear, well, you need to accept Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's where the fight starts. <laughs> I very hear people say get out. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned something. You mentioned something just now that I know is not also commonly taught in the Western world, where you said, "Well, so technically, what you're saying is Adam is a race, so Adam reproduced after his kind, a race of Adams, and Christ has come now, and we have a race of Christ."
0: Right. That is something from from the moment that he did did what he did on the cross. Uh
1: Seeing it through that lens puts a whole new twist on it. That's something you won't find on Google (laughs) because it's commonly taught that the world is in sin. I mean, this is a front topic to elaborate on, but you know, it just stood out as you mentioned that understanding that, well, Adam was the prototype, and so the the issue was the nature, um, and that's why people reproduced. Things of the Adamic nature, and now here's Christ that says, Well, everybody has a new nature, it's just awakened into your God nature, then
0: exactly, awaken to the existential reality that exists.
1: I can't whistle, uh, but if I could whistle, I'll be going woo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so so that makes sense, yeah? That perfect first, sense. First, the first the first line, the first verse there, right? For the law was given through Moses, but grace. The honor and favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, that's five contexts I give you there. Five folds and that one
1: verse.
0: Right? So, let's move on to verse 18. Right? And I'm sure the, the listeners, I hope that actually gives the listeners some insight and encourages them to actually search the scriptures, to go into the scriptures and look because these things are right there. Right, um, but you have to look at the scriptures holistically, you can't just look at one verse out of the entire Bible. Right, so let's, let's go to verse 18. It says, No one has seen God at any time, his essence, his divine nature, at any time. The one and only begotten God, that is the unique Son, who is the intimate presence of the Father, he has explained him and interpreted and revealed you or someone of the Father. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 18. It says, No one has seen God, his essence, his divine nature, at any time. And notice that there is a semicolon. Right. Which means the first line, that first line is a couplet to the second half of this verse. It says, the one and only begotten God, that is the unique Son, who is in, who is in the intimate presence of the Father, he has explained them and interpreted them the or really awesome wonder of the Father. Now, one, let me just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at verse 18 there. In the In the King James Version, before I begin to explain what that is. It's very, very simple. Very simple.
1: I want to see how simple. I mean, if we got five points, five crucial points out of the first one, I'm I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, we're looking at verse 18 in the King James. Let me just change my version here to the King James. And it would read as follows. Verse 18 says, No man had seen God at any time. semicolon uh-huh. the only begotten son, which is the, is is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So let's take a look at what this really means. Because a lot of people in the western world, what has been what is the common western perspective of this verse is that no one has seen God with the eyes.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, but I've if, heard that.
0: But for the first time. Jesus, God is walking on earth as a body. Right? Now, that mean you could possibly justify that a little bit by saying, well, um, nobody saw Adam in his perfection because Adam was really God in, in Yahweh in, in dust too. Mm-hmm. But then, here's something that overturns that perspective is that when Moses passed when God took the Spirit from Moses and passed it on to 75 elders, or more than 70 elders, its Bible clearly states that they saw God and had a meal with Him.
1: Yeah, I remember reading that.
0: Which means that Western perspective is a bit flawed. Right? What this so what? actually speaks about, if you, you have to understand, follow John's letter. Remember, Remember we spoke about before that New Testament letters are not designed to give you doctrine. They are letters. And so you have to read the letter from beginning to end. And whatever the author is actually saying may be explained in the previous aspects of the letter or, or, is, or is given clarity in the latter as you go along reading the letter. You remember that?
1: Yes, I remember.
0: Right. And in the previous verses in this chapter, it spoke about believing in the name. That is in verse, in verse 12, it says, but as, as many as did receive and welcome him, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in his name. Which means to, to believe in the name or to be or to, to believe in the name, as we know, is not only as in the western concept of just calling it calling him Jesus, or to yeah. believe that he is Jesus. But to believe that you are the person of Christ Yeshua, you take his name as your own and you believe in that name. Yeah. Right? Which means in verse 12, when it says, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, to receive Jesus is to be Jesus. To welcome him into your heart is to be him. You see, you see, you see that in what in that one verse
1: there? Yeah, it's...
0: right so. To receive him and welcome him is actually paralleled here with believing in his name, which which is not believing in the name Jesus, but believing in his name as your own. So you become so the person.
1: He, you believe in the identity as yours,
0: right? So you become the person, right? And you can look, you can verify that in Second Corinthians chapter two, verse ten, when Paul said that he he forgave in the person of Christ Jesus. So, coming back down to verse 18. Therefore, what the context of of seeing God here is actually, we can read this differently by saying, no one has seen the name of God in its fullness. Jesus is the first person that actually walked in the name of God in fullness without the Adamic nature they saw the name of God demonstrated in prophets who were not perfect, Uh who were of the nature of the first Adam. But Jesus is the first one that demonstrates what the name looks like in fullness, without hindrance, without any contradictions. So to walk in the name of God is to see God. When, people, when the person who is actually walking the, full, the first time, the first time they would have seen the name of God being demonstrated in his fullness. So technically, the person who is walking in the name of God, in Christ, if you look at them, you are seeing God.
1: Oh, so it's not a mystical sight. like
0: it's not a mystical sight. It's see, the person some... who is walking in the name, in, in full God nature. And Jesus I... was the first of that.
1: It reminds me of this verse that says um, I think it's blessed in the, as the pure in heart for they shall see God. Well, if that I'm is, quoting it correctly.
0: That is a couplet also. To be pure in heart is the same thing. To be pure in nature and they shall see God meaning that they to walk the name of God in its
1: fullness. So, wow, this is huge. I've been taught that seeing God has a lot to do with, and very few people have had that honor. So it was like growing up in, in the religious, I grew up in Seventh-day Adventism, and, um, you know, I was always looking out to see God in a dream, Um, because, I mean, I wanted to have that one-on-one experience with Him. Right. I never did in that system, of course, but, you know, I was just so looking forward to seeing Him not understanding the context that you're drawing here.
0: Yeah. But the, the, the second half of the verse is actually what gives, it confirms that. It says, no one mm-hmm. has seen God. His essence is divine nature at any time. So the person is actually walking in the essence and divine nature. The same divine nature that we are partakers of share, right. share, shares and the divine nature. And it says, the second half says, the only begotten, the only begotten God But in this case, the unique son. So you notice that Amplified actually says God instead of son. The only begotten God. Notice
1: that? No, I I read it and I I flew past it.
0: You flew past that. So what it's saying is that Jesus is now God because he says the unique son, who is the intimate presence of the father. See, name equals presence in the Old Testament. So if you you remember in the Old Testament you have name and presence are parallels. Yep. So to walk in the name of God is to walk in the, in the presence of God. So if you walk in the name of God as your own, then you are the presence of God. Yes. So he says, who is in the intimate presence of the Father? You can change presence and put who is in the intimate name of the Father.
1: Right, which is why Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father.
0: Exactly, because he's walking in the name.
1: He's yes, walking he's in full right? Yahweh. yeah ja. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And because he's walking in full Yahweh, the spiritual memory of his Uh father is now his memory. So he says before Abraham was, I am. That's because he is in the full name of father God, of Yahweh. So only begotten God, who is the intimate presence of the name of the father, he has explained him. So because Jesus is now walking in the fullness of the name, he can now explain to them who God is. Because he is now walking in the full name of God mechanically,
1: so he can reveal what he is there.
0: He is now not revealing God, and he can explain it to them. Explain what he's experiencing. Explain how this, how how he's walking it out. He and he just did that by becoming the wood. He was like the scriptures, the living scriptures, just walking in our body. The scriptures was became his reference point and his perspective as he began to demonstrate in the wilderness. Right. right, So he has explained them and interpreted and revealed the awesome one of the Father. Which means Jesus is walking it out and is now being able to put it across in their language so that they can understand. He's interpreting it. In other words, he's translating.
1: Because they are not in the presence of... They are not what he is, basically. They're
0: They're not walking in that fully. So when he went up on the cross now, he put it in them. He put it in everybody. And they now have to actually accept it as their own. That is why he told Leonard that the spirit is, is with you, but will be in you, so you can be um, just like him. You yeah, have no, you have no fallen nature, no Adamic nature to struggle with, which is what we see in Genesis chapter six. So you go to Genesis chapter six, concerning the sons of God, the sons of God were priests. Right? We will, we will leave that for another episode. Uh-huh. But, let, but, but but just let's point this out. Alright, if you go to Genesis 6, I'm just going to Genesis 6 here. Let's up my, my upstick stuck, stuck here a little bit. Alright, here we go. So here we go. We're going to Genesis 6. Alright. Genesis 6. And here we go. It says... And it came to pass, when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wise of all, always which they chose. Now if you read Genesis chapter 4, the last verse actually calls the name Enosh, and actually says, defines the name Enosh, as men began to call upon the name of the Lord again. Chapter 5 pretty much functions as an intermission of genealogy, and then it continues into chapter 6. By saying, I came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, the sons of God, so the daughters of men that, were, that they were fair, which means the sons of God are men at that point in time that were functioning in the name of Yahweh. Okay. Now, this has been taken to mean fallen angels and all kind of wild, fanciful interpretations.
1: Yeah,
0: that's not scripture, <laughs> right? And then it says, and, the, and, the, and Yahweh said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. He's speaking about the sons of God. Which means that they were priests but they were also always but the spirit of God will be upon them but the spirit is all always battling their nature mm-hmm. so it says my spirit shall not strive with man anymore which is in which is indicative of the fact that the spirit of God will be upon these men but because of the Adamic nature the spirit was always striving with what was in them all right which, is, which 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 shows why Jesus needed it to come so that there's no more strife between the nature and the spirit. You, you, you are it inside and out. right? And it says, for that he is also flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. right? So in Christ, we see Jesus and the disciples no longer, when he says that the Spirit will be with you and will be in you. The Spirit is with you and will be in you. He's actually saying that you are not going to have that struggle anymore you see that struggle that you're having where I always have to be uh, be reprimanding you all, wear your feet. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Your generation of vipers.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And he's actually referring to the Adamic nature because the Adamic nature started by Eve who listened to the serpent, was inspired by the serpent, carried by Adam, and then Adam become, became a seed of the serpent. So when they're actually not walking in the name of father, he's saying your generation of vipers, that's because they are functioning what they're doing is actually, is actually um, characteristic of the serpent of the garden. So he's calling them your generation of vipers. In televiruses, is the same thing.
1: So it's uh, the ones who hear that. And well, in his time, they understood exactly what he was saying by that. They knew, I'm check myself.
0: Exactly. What you're saying there is, brother, you see that serpent behavior you're working with there?
1: it. it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they couldn't. So that's why he told them, the Spirit is with you and will be in you. So when he, he did what he did, then he blew upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. No, so, no
1: more fights in uh, the nature.
0: Exactly. So and, and that was fulfilled in the upper room. The wind of God that Ezekiel called upon and prophesied to blow into the winds in Ezekiel 37 was actually fulfilled in the upper room where the wind came and blew into them and gave them life. So now you have a whole race Everybody after the cross was renewed, and we now go and tell them, Hey, Jesus is in you, Christ is in you. Wake up, brother, and walk out the power. Let let men see God, let everybody else see God now.
1: And that is the whole truth,
0: <laughs> and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. so well,
1: this was a really insightful session tonight,
0: yeah. I and I hope that um that the listeners in particular that this is this we didn't go too we didn't actually make it too deep and we didn't lose anybody, but as we reference the different parts of the scriptures, I hope that you see that the scriptures are all saying one thing. There's no new message, there's no fanciful interpretation, it's just one message. Christ came to re to, to, to make everybody God again. See I uh, Imagine the Amplified actually put it now where it says the only begotten God.
1: I missed that completely, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, that is the unique Son who is the intimate presence of the Father. He has explained them and interpreted and revealed the awesome one of the Father. So if you're walking in Christ, then you are just as He is so are you so in this world so if he is god then you are now god learning how to walk in god as the god and lord that you have been created to walk in as your father boom reboot the biblical um, perspective
1: you understand <laughs> well yeah. that actually brings us to the end of this um this segment this series
0: yeah not this is you, the end of six. this post-
1: podcast in particular yeah
0: this is uh, this is this podcast episode episode number 6 episode number 6 which is clearing up the contextual understanding of for the law was given through Moses we give you five fools to that that is mentioned there that not very commonly revealed no one has seen god what that meant also for those of you actually um especially my most precious patrons on patreon.com who I'm doing this for. Upon listening to this podcast episode, I encourage you to to um to comment where this is posted. Please leave your comments. Please please leave your takeaways from this episode. And if you have any questions also please feel free to mention it in the comments and we will answer them. We'll be sure to answer them in upcoming episodes. Yes, we shall. Right. And um don't be afraid to share my share share the Patreon profile so that people so that people can know that this is actually happening here and they can come and benefit from it. Right? Let it word out. We would appreciate that.
1: Let's bring the sons into awareness of who they are.
0: Let's bring this, let's bring the sons into awareness indeed. Wake them up. Let them know that they are reconciled.
1: You come are back holy. turn back to father.
0: And stop trying to be an enemy with God in your, in your mind. Renew your, you mind, in your
1: mind.
0: Renew, <laughs> renew your mind, Papi. <laughs> re, well, in that isn't that, in Trinidad, you might say re, renew your mind, Papi. In some other colors, you might say re, renew your mind,
1: partner.
0: Yeah. Alright. If you're in your if, if dog re, papito <laughs>
1: I like that one better.
0: Renueva <laughs> <laughs> tezamente, papito. Alright, so well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, blessings and much love. Love you guys. And stay tuned for the upcoming episodes. We continue with John. This is Zine, El Fuego, Christ Pneumatologist and
1: Petura Bartholomew. <laughs> Boom. And Bodo.